fake to Murray. Quick hitter to Gabe Davis on a slant for the touchdown. Gabe Davis with a seven-yard touchdown reception. And the Bills are back in front with 152 to play. Chris Brown on the call on the Buffalo Bills radio network. Boy, that was a great play drive. Like, great, great call to drive by Joe Brady. That ends with the Gabe Davis touchdown after they just pounded it at the Eagles and were running the ball. And and then that play right there just to hit him, it looked like Gabe was going to block. And then the slant, just a great job by Joe Brady right there to call that. Uh, that is Gabe, da- Gabe Davis had a, a tremendous game. And that is actually going to dovetail us into our extra point from the sidelines today. It is brought to you by Catholic Health. Catholic Health, the right way to care. Because this game was being broadcast, as many of you know, because you watched, by CBS and Jim Nance and Tony Romo and Tracy Wilson. And Jim Nance has mentioned many times how Gabe Davis has really big games when they do his game. The Bills games, right? Like, Gabe Davis is always, he did the four touchdown game. And then remember when um, he scored against Miami and he's like, there's Davis every time we do a game. And there it is. So after that touchdown, Tracy was standing near me on the sidelines doing you know, her reporting. And I turned to her and I said, I think Gabe Davis needs to give you guys a bonus on CBS. Because every time you're here. And she laughed. She said, we were just talking about that. How, like, every time we're here, he scores. Like, we're good luck for him. I said, he needs to pay you guys something. Yeah, you guys are my bonus, right? So that was good. Got a good chuckle out of that. So uh, they're doing the next game, too, for the Bills. Romo, Nance, and Wilson are doing the Kansas City game in two weeks. So so another big game uh, from Davis Another County. big game from Gabe, and it's in Kansas City where he had the four-touchdown game a few years ago in the playoffs, of course. So that's our extra point from the sidelines. Brought to you by Catholic Health. Catholic Health, the right way to care. Also, Catholic Health is a presenting sponsor of our Buffalo Football Monday here on the Extra Point Show. Catholic Health, the right way to care. It's also brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at northwest.com and by Speed Global, around the corner or around the world, Speed delivers. Sal Capaccio with you. Also on video today, Facebook, WGR 550. Go to facebook.com slash WGR 550. I want to read this tweet I got, and it's going to have me... Also kind of tell you something about the show. This is from Patty. Patty uh, tweets in, at Sal Sports. I, had, I don't get a chance to read a lot of the social media when I'm on, so I know a lot of you are tweeting at me and everything. It's not because I'm ignoring you. I just try to concentrate on the show. Patty says, instead of listening to Christmas music while decorating my house, I'm listening to you right now. I like your feedback and opinions regarding the heartbreak ga- heartbreaking game yesterday. Doing a great job. Thanks. And then she's got a bunch of Christmas emojis and buffalo and thumbs up. Always hashtag Go Bills. Patty, thank you. I appreciate that. But I want to say this. Folks, you've been awesome today. Like, these are the kinds of shows that I dread doing because we're all in this space and this mood and you get upset and there's a lot to talk about and you're searching for answers and fire this person and change that and you're six and six. I dread it. But as I said before, I mean, it's my job and I love my job. But it's also the kind of show I love when I get call after call of really good, thoughtful opinions and comments, and we don't always agree, and that's totally cool, and we can do that, disagree, respectfully, thank you. I just want to thank all of you, because you've had a, we've had a great first hour. Let's keep it rolling into the second hour. Got a lot of phone calls to get to, so we'll do that here as we roll into the second hour. Great first hour. Uh, let's keep it going. Let's go to Theo in Ontario. Hi, Theo. You're on WGR. Hey, Sal. Good morning, man. Uh, just first off, it's my first time calling. Okay. Long-time Buffalo Bills fan, 40-plus years, season ticket holder. Uh, thanks for putting out the content you do up north here, man. Gives us something awesome in Canada. Um, just quickly, and then, I'll, and then I'll, I'll, I'll keep it simple. 
Um, just I'm going to base it off the 2021 season where I felt that was a great team. Um, since then, we've seen a special teams coach gone, Fraser gone, Dable, Super Bowl kind of OC gone, uh, Dorsey, and make no mistake, I, I really appreciate Brady, what he's doing now. Um, but as far as the element of emotion, uh, being a football a coach down here, up here, pardon me, I don't see any any element of emotion on McDermott. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to like paint the picture and imagine like a like a Belichick. I hate to use the guy's name, but Belichick or or Andy Reid, and and, I, and you see the element of emotion. You see when they're upset. You see them doing something. You see them navigate through it. Uh, I, I just see McDermott, you know, follow up the next day on his TV uh, on, on pardon me on the screen that I watch as a, as a big Bills fan. And he just filling us up with a whole bunch of nonsense. Like we're just getting this soft-spoken, uh, open-ended, no concept kind of kind of commentary. So as an as an as a coach, uh, what are your thoughts when it comes to like emotion? Like you don't. Well, than, well, I, I think there's a lot of ways to manifest handling. emotion, right? There's a lot of face. Yeah. I think Sean is very positive emotion guy. Like when things happen well, you could see that on his face. You could see that was players, the clapping, all that. I think he's a positive emotion guy. I think he's very emotional behind closed doors, I think, and how passionate he is and things like that. But what he tries to portray and what he does portray in front of a camera, in front of the media, is to never be the guy who's going to go wild swings because I think he believes, and I think a lot of coaches believe this, that you know your team's going to play off that and you want to be level-headed. You want to be down the middle. And I don't think there's one right way. Theo, I don't think there's one wrong way. We've seen coaches over the years. We've seen incredibly emotional coaches. Look, I'll use an example. I think Brian Dable is the opposite, and I don't think it's served him very well this year. I think Brian Dable looks pretty wild sometimes on the sidelines, and I don't think his team reacts well to that. So I don't think you can pin that on, okay, well, he should be madder on the sidelines, show this emotion, his team would play better. I don't know. I don't know. I think there's been a lot of great coaches who've done it one way and a lot of great coaches who've done it another. Sean McDermott's more about positive emotion than negative emotion, and when he has negative emotion, he mostly keeps it in because he doesn't want to do that to his team. Yeah, right on. That, that's a great response. I'm just hoping that behind closed doors, he's showing he's showing and applying that emotion like I feel most uh, high-level coaches should be doing. I'm not here to uh, say the guy should be fired. I'm just saying like I feel like he's missing that element. As far as a perspective, like a fan investment, um, like you guys, um, you know, uh, you know, I used to go to the Bills games, and it used to call, cost me a thousand bucks, two thousand bucks a season. I'm with my family, two kids and a wife. I'm paying two grand, uh, pardon me, ten thousand dollars approximately for season tickets. And and as fans, we're going. You know, when I see a an a, an Owen five team in overtime kneeling the ball, and I'm, I'm asking myself. What are we? What are we like? What's happening here? You know, like without with trying to be proactive and positive, right? Um, I I just don't get it. I'm I'm, you know, maybe it. your thoughts, but you know. Yeah, I get it. You're very frustrated. I understand, man. I, Theo, thanks for the kind words. I appreciate. Hey, good job on your first call, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate it, hey, man. And a Merry Christmas to you guys all. And again, thanks from uh, the North Side, man. You give <laughs> us something great. All right, love you guys. Yeah, thank you, man. We appreciate that as well. Let's go to Bill in Old Forge. Hi, Bill. You're on WGR. Hey, Sal, three quick things. Um, number one for the fans, um, in my opinion, Big Zach stood up in the offseason last year. If this team doesn't get to the playoffs this year, oh, my God, a storm is coming next offseason. I, I could feel it coming already. Um, that's my thing with Diggs. Hopefully it doesn't happen, but I, I don't know how it's avoidable if this team doesn't make the playoffs this year. He, the storm is going to be brewing with him. Um, as far as McDermott goes, I love McDermott. I've been – backing him right up to this week. I still like the guy. I know what he's done. We all know what he's done since he's been here. 
He's a very good coach. But, man, after yesterday, the way they let him go down the field, it was, it was a repeat of the Chiefs playoff game a couple years ago. And I'm like, man, this is happening way too often. It seems like the same thing over and over again. So now I'm, I'm done defending him against fans that are calling for his head. And I love the guy, but I just think we could do better. The problem with that is who is going to be better? And I still stay with McDermott. He's still a really solid coach. The only guy that pops in my head, and it's hypothetical, would, would be Jim Harbaugh because I think he could do something with Allen and maybe get us over the hump. But other than him, there's no names where I'm like, let's just get rid of McDermott. I would just stay with him at least for another year no matter what. Um, so hypothetically speaking, what coaches are out there? You don't just get rid of the guy to get rid of the guy because we could do, I'd be doing a hell of a lot of work. Yeah, I, I don't know. You're always, you're always looking at you know, coordinators. If you want to go that route, I think this year, actually, to be honest with you, Bill, I think the defensive coordinator, not saying the Bills would do this if they ever made a move, I think the defensive coordinators are going to get more looks than they have the last few years because of defenses doing such a good job. Lou Anarumo, obviously, in Cincinnati comes to mind. But, you know, I don't know. That's a discussion for down the road if they were to make that move. I, I don't know if Terry Pagula would have an appetite for a guy like Harbaugh in his organization. You know, I mean, again, as I said earlier, it's not that simple. You can look at it and say, look what Harbaugh did. There's a lot that goes with guys like Jim Harbaugh, too, and you have to consider what Terry Pagula would think about that and how the organization would be run and the kind of stability he likes. Right. And one more quick question for you. The, the, the play that was still in my head, and I can't get past it, is when we're in overtime and Allen misses Gabe Davis on that throw, yep. and it's fourth and seven. I'm thinking, right, I'm on the couch going, no, man, you got to score here. Try to get this first down. Try to get the first down, get a new set. We got to score a touchdown here. Just from what I just said, with the way teams have been moving down the field on us with these mm-hmm. late-game heroics, it's time to end it. And if you don't, if they don't get the first or they don't score a touchdown, I would have been fine with the Eagles getting the ball and trying to get in field goal range. Instead, they got down the field and scored a touchdown. I had a feeling that's where the game was going to go. Do you think on fourth and seven there, well, they was, should have gone for a first down well, or a touchdown it, to it, end the game? There? It was only fourth and six, even, to further your point, by the way. It was only fourth and six. Sean was asked about it. He said if they were at fourth and two or maybe three, they would have gone for it. He felt that fourth and six was a little too long. It's a tough call. It's a risky call. I I don't have as much of a problem with kicking the field goal there as a lot of people seem to have because, again, you still can bank on, look, the, they have to go all the way down the field still to score a touchdown and win. And obviously they did. We know that. But even if they get a field goal, they go down, we get the ball back, and then we can just end it with a field goal. I didn't have as much of a problem on fourth and six. It is risky. Fourth and six isn't easy to pick up in the NFL. So you take the field goal and say, let's just stop them from scoring a touchdown, which didn't happen. So, yes, I understand the point of – I understand the argument for making that you're making – I didn't have as much of an issue with that as I might have with 20 seconds left and kneeling on it. You know what I mean? Just the way the, way the season has been unfolding for me is what changed the decision. Usually I would be on board with kicking. I get it. Just with the injuries on defense, too, without yep. Milano. And they're, they're probably, they're probably you know, tired at this point in the game. But I, just, I just had a bad feeling about it because that just yeah. seems to be the direction the season's been going. I just want to. I get it, Bill. And as soon as that ball, man, they're nine and one for a reason. They're nine and one for a reason because they're good. (laughs) Yeah. As soon as that ball fell incomplete, I had a a sinking feeling that, oh my gosh, like that that, talking about the Gabe Davis one, right? Like here's your, you blew your opportunity. Of course. Uh, Let's go to Jason in Cherry Creek. I believe it is. Hi, Jason. You're on WGR. Hey, Sal. How you doing? I'm good. Um, Thank you. There's, there's three certainties in life at this point, death taxes and McDermott playing soft coverage in the final two minutes. Um, I mean, I'm just absolutely. Well, he played cover zero on the game on the game winner. He didn't do that. He played cover zero there, and he had an all-out blitz against the Denver Broncos. So, look, I just want to clarify. Like, yes, they got they got beat on defense. I am not dismissing that, but it wasn't because of soft coverage in that game or in this game at the end. 
I think to get down okay, the field me, it was, but on those critical downs it was not the case. Okay, let me rephrase. McDermott losing in the final two minutes because of his defensive calls. I mean, this is ridiculous. He should have been fired 12 hours ago. Put Frank Reich in for the interim coach for the rest of the year and get some value for Von Miller. Ask him if he wants to be defensive coordinator to get some value for his contract at this point. Do something because this is ridiculous. And I know you may like McDermott being stoic on the sidelines. Absolutely not. He should be expressing the rage that we felt with that horse collar instead of... Oh, he was. Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on, Jason. Hold on. I'm on the sidelines. He was. You might not see it on the camera. I said it on the broadcast. They were going crazy on the sidelines. He was. So was his entire staff. I'm just saying... Just because you don't see it on the TV camera they show you doesn't mean it wasn't happening. Well, look, man, I know you got to kiss the ring, and you got to... No, no, Jason, stop. Don't do that. Please don't do that. I'm just trying to clarify. Don't do that. that. I'm going to do that because this guy should not be the coach of this team. No, no, don't make it personal with me. Don't make it personal with me. Stop. Well, dude, me and you have had it before. Before, I called out with Sean McCoy saying he didn't have it anymore, and you called me crazy on the air. Well, I think some of the things you're bringing to right now are being crazy. You're not going to have Von Miller, your defensive coordinator. Jason, listen to yourself. I am listening. What are you going to get for the value of this guy? We're paying him how much money? He can't play right now. He's Correct, but Jason, but Jason, you are Jason, but he's getting. You're not going. You can't cut him. You have to pay his salary. Okay, he's a member of the team. He counts on the salary cap. Jason, no, 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 stop, stop. I'm trying to explain. Do you do you really think? In your heart of hearts, I know you're upset, Jason. Do you really think the bill should go to Von Miller and say we can't play you anymore? You should be a coach, but we'll still pay you because it counts on the salary cap. Really. I, and you know what? Put Frank Reich, it ain't the first time he pulled a comeback with our seasons, and McDermott ain't going to do it. This man is not cut out to win championships. Okay, Frank Reich is st- still under contract with the uh, um, with the Panthers. This is how it works. You fire, a pl- you fire a guy, you still have him under contract, you have to pay him. He's not coming here to be the interim coach. If you want Sean McDermott fired, somebody on staff would be the interim coach. Nobody from the outside is. That's way too much into a season to do that. You have a completely new system, playbook. You can't do that. It's got to be someone basically. I mean, I guess. I mean, I do think Jeff Saturday, I guess, did for the Colts a couple years ago because you had the ear. But, Jason, that can't happen, just so you know. He needs to not be on the damn sideline. I don't want to see his face anymore. Okay. Okay. that's That's a separate issue from the things you brought up. Please don't make it personal. I appreciate you calling. Thank you. Let's go to Joe in Buffalo. Hi, Joe. You're on WGR. Uh, hey, Seth. Um, not going to talk about coaches or anything like that. More or less going to talk about uh, if you have any any knowledge or reason why uh, why Kincaid basically went uh, went ghost mode there in the second uh, half. I don't know. I will tell you that in the first half, they were looking at him a little bit on the sidelines. It was never anything official, but I do like it looked like something was going on with his eye maybe. Um, there was something also. He, he, he took a sh- big shot. Uh, or I think it was second half. Did you see that one? We took his shoulder, kind of came off. He was a little bit, his arm was, you know, kind of hanging a little bit. I think he was fighting through all that. I don't know. It also could have just been a nice defensive adjustment by the Eagles to make sure that they took that away. Gotcha. Yeah, because I, I know that Morris was out there during uh, more so for run blocking and everything, I think, second half and everything. But I don't think he got targeted at all, or Kincaid got targeted, targeted at all for the whole I will look that up. I should have that here, so I'll look it up. And in fact, the same thing happened last week. Remember that last week against the Jets, he had six. Yeah, he had seven targets in the first half. I don't think he had one in the second half. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where I know that they're trying to get the ball to Diggs and Davis because they're having having decent games and everything, and they're our bigger playmakers. But just kind of kind of wondering, like, if there was any sort of reason, injury or coaching wise, that he 
he didn't get like any looks whatsoever. So. Uh, no, I, I mean, it really could have been as simple as them taking. I'm going to look for you before I go. Uh, he did not have any targets in the second half. So good observation by you. I don't know. It could have been a lot of things that were uh, built in there. Let's go to Joe in Tonawanda. Hi, Joe. You're on WGR. Hi, Sal. Thanks for the call. Taking the call. Listen, I hope you get a chance to listen to the game with Romo. He did a terrific job analyzing the game. And he brought up a couple points I'd like you to comment on. Late in the game when they threw a swing pass to um, A.J. Brown and Poyer knocked it away. He was like three yards behind the line of scrimmage. And, Poy- and Romo said, I would have let him catch the ball and tackled him right there. Was, I, I mean, honestly, I think Chris Brown and Eric Wood said the same thing. But, but oh, yeah, Joe, okay. but Joe, that's a that's – a, you got to make the if you're Jordan Poyer, I do. I, if I'm playing it, I'm knocking the ball away. I mean, that's my job as a defensive back. Okay, just a couple. You know what I mean, though. You right, Joe. You do. No, I get I it. I get it. Like we all do. Yeah. I mean, you, if you have 50 seconds to think about it, and yeah, I'm going to put myself in this scenario. No, Jordan Poyer's taught to knock that ball away. He also missed a tackle earlier in the game. He said that after the game. Like you don't leave anything to chance. You knock the ball away. That's your job. I, yeah, I know. I just going by what he said. No, no, he's. I, I get it, but I, I don't even think Tony Romo would have necessarily done that. He probably would have knocked the ball away if he's playing defensive back. Um, a couple other points. I thought maybe they could have used Williams for Dotson. You know, on that last scramble by, by Hertz when he picked up the five yards, Dotson was like five yards behind the line of scrimmage, and he's supposed to be shadowing him. I thought, man, you got to get up close to the line of scrimmage. Then he gets faced out of his shorts. I think Williams would have been a better player in there he's more athletic and quicker and everything i don't know what do you they think? did bring williams in as a spy on hurt at some points in the game i have to look and see you know i usually tweet out the snap counts i didn't but i'm going to take a look for you right now since i have you on how many plays did williams play uh let's see if i have him here only, oh only one okay one time he was a he was a spy in the line of scrimmage i remember one time so yeah, I guess so. I think they just they right now Ty- Tyrell Dotson's actually not playing bad football. They trust him there. Um he blitzed on that final play by Hertz by the way, and he got caught out of position because he blitzed. That's what's going to happen. McDermott called the blitz. They were trying to get into the rushing lanes and, you know, they didn't do that obviously. So, um that's what happened there. 8030550. Thanks for the phone call. Let's go to Dan and Fredonia. Hi Dan, you're on WGR. Good morning, Phil. Good morning. Um there's a uh, two plays I was wondering your opinion on. First the uh, incomplete pass to Gabe Davis in overtime. I know a lot of people are going to blame uh, Gabe about that one, but to me, the corner had inside leverage, and if Josh throws it to the outside, that's an easy touchdown. So I, I put that one on Josh, actually. And then the second one is the uh, fumble by A.J. Brown. Um, to me, he was turning up field, and it should have been a, uh, a fumble. So I was wondering what you thought about that. And Is that even reviewable, or well, they did review it because they changed the call on the field. So, A.J. Brown has the catch and strip or incompletion. They call it a fumble on the field. Bills are celebrating, and then the official said the rule was cha- ruling was changed. I'm assuming someone called down to change it at that point because that's what happens now with the eye in the sky. Um, it was very close. I at least would have really liked to see them re- actually review it and take their time instead of doing it that way. Yeah, me too. And then what about the Gabe Davis catch? You, you know, I don't know. Josh put it on himself. I, I think I saw what you saw. It looked to me like the middle of the field. It was cover zero, right? Which means there's no free safety, which means the middle of the field's open. However, when Gabe got leverage on him, Gabe got him to turn. I think that's why Gabe went to the outside because I think the DB was turning a little bit inside. So that's when he feels Josh is going to see that. And so am I. So it's hard for me to say. You know what I mean? Right. All right. Yeah. Thanks. 
You got it, Dan. Thanks for the phone call. All right. Well, I think we've gotten through most of it today. We got a lot more to get to. A lot more of your calls on the on hold. We'll get to them. We also have one bills live coming up. Um, pretty much, I think we're batting about ninety five percent today on the phone. Had a had a very passionate fan a little while ago that went a little off the rails, but that's okay. I know everybody's passionate today. Eight hundred three zero five fifty, the number to call here. We'll um we'll get to sit up, stand down. Hey, buddy. And we got a couple of the uh, couple other things to do on a Buffalo football Monday here on WGR. Good to be with you, Sal Capaccio, talking through the Bills thirty seven thirty four overtime loss to the Philadelphia Eagles yesterday in Philadelphia. Back with more after this timeout. Here's the snap to Allen in the shotgun. Back to pass. Steps up. He's got running room in front of him. Fakes the throw. Cuts it back at the 10. Down to the 5. He's into the end zone for the touchdown. Josh Allen, the beast, has been released. Ah, the Bills in the red zone yesterday. Four of five. Really nice. However, four of four for the Philadelphia Eagles. Our red zone stats brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. Rush to the Tops red zone for winning savings. Man, that one, uh, the, the block field goal was tough. That was the, that was that the only miss in the red zone? I have to go back and look the line of scrimmage there. That was a 34-yarder, so yeah, that would have been from inside the 20. And, of course, the Eagles, 4 for 4, touchdowns, not good. Bills have been very good on red zone offense and defense this year. Their defensive red zone was not good yesterday. I, I mean, it's amazing. I, I just, in the break, I open up my social media sometimes. This is kind of the why I stay off social media. I just want to just throw this out there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vent to all of you right now. I got Andre tweeting me in. More shill talk from Sal Sports. Smash my head, LOL. It's funny to hear him try to course correct fans who all see what's happening, but Sal replies to the fans like he's on the Bills coaching staff. This show is unlistenable. Apparently not. You're listening, Andre. He constantly kisses the ring. Andre, you are listening, and I have no idea what you're listening to because I have been very critical of the head coach today. I have told you many times how the things I think are absolutely right that the fans are bringing up. And on top of that, yes, I will tell you, I like to make sure that people have the facts. That's what I try to do here. I try to be logical and give them, emo- you know, give people good factual information when they're very emotional. But thank you for listening, Andre, even though you say it's unlistenable. Please try to listen better, though, Andre. Appreciate your tweet. 8030550. Let's go to Walter in Toronto. I'm fired up right now after that. But anyway, I try my best, man. I try my best, Walter. Hey. I'm here. I'm here. I'm trying to be logical. I'm trying to be reasonable. I'm agreeing. I'm criticizing the head coach. And yeah, I get Andre, who doesn't want to hear it. No, and you know what, Sal? I'm not kissing your ring right now, but you've handled this morning really well. Because you, this it's 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 just like no matter what I do, I could tell you no. I could I could tell you ten things I think the head coach did wrong and say, but wait a minute, he did this right, so let's give him credit. Oh my God, you're a shill. No, it's incredible. You know what? This is the most critical I've heard you of this of McDermott regime in the in the six years, seven years he's been here. And I mean, a dude just called and suggested Von Miller become the defensive coordinator, yeah, and that they hire Frank Reich as the interim, and apparently I'm the guy who's an idiot for calling him out. He lasted me on what are we doing here on a Monday, folks? It's Monday. Let's go. Couple things. Sal. Go ahead, buddy. Uh, I'm so I'm it. sorry to take your time from you. No, no, no. I, I will, I'll be really quickly. I do want you to hear me out quickly. Uh, Thanksgiving last week, you talked about rapini. Yes. Uh, as an Italian, I got to tell you, the rapini and garlic with sautéed with olive oil, healthiest food in the world. Oh yeah, it's great. People should be eating that twice a week. <laughs> I'm all for it, buddy. About football, uh, really quickly, uh, until the math says we're out, I think we got a shot at the playoffs. I think we got a good shot. Hey, the Giants won two Super Bowls the last 20 years. 
going in as wild card. And and like us a few years ago, they they got in the last uh, game uh, week uh, weekend of the season. So I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. But you, earlier the question was, what would it take to to fire a coach? And I, you mentioned a few things in ownership. But I agree with you with the ownership. I agree with you 100. percent But I think, uh, and I asked Jeremy uh, and Joe this morning, has Sean lost the room? Because that that would definitely do it. Yeah, and I, I think mean, that that would be a question that I mean. That, that would have to be done after an evaluation from the from ownership and the GM and how they evaluate. And the only yeah, way I could yeah. get there, if I think it could, is if I say, like, again, I'll go back to, I think, unfortunately, this team is bonded by all these close losses. And it's almost like a every time they're in this situation, it's like they they feel like they, they can't win the game because that's happened, right? And that that's how that can happen if it does. Yeah, and, and, and I think the bonding will create that scenario you know, and and I mean, I mean, McDermott is a thousand times better than that that fellow that just got fired in in L.A., uh, Josh Josh McDaniels, I guess. But it was clear he lost the room like after second week of the season, right? But I think I think uh, I think McDermott's built enough goodwill that you know what, well, let's he can he can have a lousy season, and that's what this is. Man, we can rehash all the things last night. Twenty second, my son said to me, "Oh my God, this is where Tom Brady was at his best with twenty seconds left in a." And it's a game or a, or a half, but at any rate, you're you're doing a, lo- a yeoman's job today. So all the best, and uh, keep listening to you. Got you, buddy. Oh my God, uh, Frank in Williamsville. Go ahead, Frank. You're on WGR. Hey, Sal. This, this is my first call this year. <laughs> wow, you picked a hell of a time to call, Frank. Thanks for calling, buddy. <laughs> I wanted to call somebody with some sanity, um, and I'm watching this game. You know, and I'm, if you just start out and, and ask anybody. You're going you're gonna to miss two field goals and get one block, and the other team's going to hit a 60-yarder. Do you think you're going to win that game? And you think it was, you know, most of our losses are like that. You can't win the game when you're fundamentally giving up turnovers and, and a lot of penalties. Now, if I could just a couple more things really quick. Um, the, coach, the coaching for the build, I think he's a great coach, New McDermott. He's not an offensive-minded game coach. And I, I think of a Marty Schottenheimer every time I see him, because Schottenheimer was a great defensive coach. He got the Chiefs to the, if he got to the uh, final game, except not the Super Bowl, the conference game. He could never be. He was known as a guy who could never win the big one. And so my question to the Bills would be: that by next year at this time, do you think McDermott is going to be a better coach and be better able to handle these things? Or- I, mean, I, I don't know that. I mean, Frank, I don't know. I hope so, right? I mean, we all hope so. I mean, we all we all hope. I, I say this, you know, it, it's you, 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 he. I think Sean, one of his strengths is though that I think over the years he's evolved in a lot of ways, which is like fourth down decision making. It's not perfect. He's actually really high ranked in some of those things. Like you think that maybe then that challenges him to get better in these close games and do things differently. I don't know, but I don't know what the end result of those things. That's a prediction. I, I don't know. Yeah, but um, my point is, all these games are, are, called, are so close. One play, a black field goal, what have you, is the determining factor yeah. many times. I like I like I like Sean a lot. He's a great defensive mind. He shut down the Eagles yesterday, but for one half. Um, lastly, like I called last year, I think I called you fourteen times about the thirteen second deal, and Sean never came correct on that. And I think that's why they can't shake that stuff. He's got this. He's got a management style of next one up, next game up, burn the tape. And I don't think they learned from their mistakes very well. Yeah, I got you. Hey, thanks for your first call, buddy. I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, Frank.
you know what? But Frank used to call. He said maybe this call first call this year. So I know I recognize the voice from Frank. But anyway, Frank, thank you very much for the call. Let's go to Ryan in Buffalo. Hi. Hi, Ryan. Sal, how you doing? <laughs> a little fired up the last 20 minutes. Go it's ahead. Gonna, it, it's it's going to be noon pretty soon, so have a drink. Uh, secondly, um, it's five o'clock somewhere, brother. Yeah, it is. Uh, secondly, uh, you mentioned eye in the sky just briefly uh, regarding any kind of playback. Yeah. Why can't it? Why can't there be seamless officials up in the sky, quote quote sky, at every NFL game that literally catch things that the on-field guys either miss or get wrong and radio it right to their headset and say, listen, bro, you missed this holding call. You missed this call. You missed the horse collar call on number 55. Call that penalty. It could be, it could be a seamless thing in the NFL as high tech as it is. And there's cameras literally everywhere. Well, the answer, the answer to your question is the owners have to agree. The competition committee puts that out, and the owners have to – I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I, I got to speed up the calls here to get to the end. But so, Ryan, the answer to your question is the, the, it's got to be approved by the competition committee. It's got to be approved by owners when they vote on these things. They've had these kinds of things brought up. This is where we're at now. So they have basically said, no, they don't want that. So, so the amount of games – so you're telling me – I know the Bills aren't the only ones that got, got – wrongfully miscalled or wrongfully called regarding the refs. There's not enough teams out there that says, listen, these refs, man, something's going to No, it has to be approved by a certain number every year. They've had things on the table before that have not gone through, have not passed, as far as like like college does it, right? Ryan, you know how college does it. Every play is reviewed in college. They've had they've had right, proposals well, like that. It's never gotten that far. This is the best they've done now, which is inside two minutes, they can take a look and they can just call down basically it. Or even at certain points of the game, there can be a call down, I think, on something like that. There's got to be certain situations. And I, I'm fuzzy on it now, but the way you're describing it, that's never advanced on in the competition committee and the owners. Oh, uh, well, that stinks. Yeah. So that, that has to happen, right. Ryan. Yeah, thanks for the call, buddy. Let's uh, say our last call, Mike and Alden. Mike, make it good. You're the last one today. All right, I'll, I'll keep it positive here for you. Um, I just wanted to throw at you real quick. What did you think about Andy Isabella's first start? And did you did you see what you see from him? And do you think he could be a, a starter maybe this year sometime? Well, I don't really know. I don't think he played much other than on returning kicks. Let me get his um, let me get his snap count. Did he play much on offense at all? I don't think he did. Uh, two plays. He played two plays on offense. Yeah, I, too too much, too little of a sample size. I think it was interesting to have him instead of Deontay Hardy. I don't know what the exact decision for that was, um, but you know we'll see. I like Andy Isabella's game, uh, but we'll see going forward what they do. It's hard to say because he only played two snaps. All right, Sal, thank you. Yeah, you got it. All right, Andy Isabella called to wrap it up. We'll take one more timeout. We'll come back. We'll have sit up, stand down, hey buddy, and I think we got to get to uh, the our injury update. Oh yeah, our injury update, which is actually really good. I I didn't do it today because we don't really have much to talk about on the injury front, but there are a couple uh, notable things we can get to when we come back here on the Extra Point Show on WGR. We got to do an injury update. This is brought to you by the Barnes Firm. Car crash for help? Call 1-800-8-MILLION. No, like, names on the injury report yesterday. Like, no official injury designations from the sidelines, which is great. Great news for the Bills, obviously. Um, you know, they basically, you know, they give us, uh, when something's going on with somebody, somebody goes to the tent, there's an injury update. Now, Stephon Diggs did go to the tent briefly, but he came out. I think it was, 
whatever was happening. He was on the field for a little while. He got up after the touchdown. It's a little scary moment there. Then he went in the tent and he came out very quickly. So whatever its issue was, there was no issue because we never even got an injury update officially. So our injury update is there wasn't one. Now for the Eagles, if you're thinking for them during the game as fans for the Eagles, they lost Fletcher Cox. Lane Johnson didn't play, and that could be something long term. Um, like I said, oh yeah, Leonard Floyd. I'm sorry, yeah, Leonard Floyd came out like after a series and was getting looked at on the sidelines, getting his hand. It looked like he was in a lot of pain, but he didn't miss any snaps as far as I could see. Um, so that was good as well. And Dalton Kincaid also was visiting trainers a little bit on the sidelines, dealing with a couple of things. He, you know, Dalton's, you know, he he's a guy that it seems like he's been in harm's way a few times this year when he's taken some hits. So he's going to have to take the next two weeks to get healed up, just like the rest of the Buffalo Bills. Bills next game at the Kansas City Chiefs in two weeks. They have a bye week. That is our injury update brought to you by the Barnes Firm. Car crash for help. Call 1-800-CAR-CRASH for help. Call 1-800-8-MILLION. just want to read that the right way. I didn't even really have anything. I'm, I've been thinking about sit up, stand down, and hey, buddy, today. I've been so like engaged in the show. Great show today, by the way. Great, great show. Some of you are fired up. A lot of you are fired up. Uh, I've tried to keep it as logical and reasonable for you as possible and do what we do here on Monday, and it's been really good. So thank you very much for the phone calls today. Really appreciate it. Um, this is what we do, and I know it's going to be tough to get through the next two weeks. I actually, you won't hear from Good Hey, good news for a lot of you out there. You won't hear from me for four days. Uh, I'm taking the bye week to decompress a little bit, so I'll be off the rest of this week. So sorry to sorry to inform you. No no spots in the morning show. No extra point show for me. Joe will carry you through the morning show. I know. You're throwing a party out there. No Sal for the rest of this week, but I'll be back on next week. Uh, but after today, I'm taking a little time to dial it back a little bit, recharge the batteries a bit. It's the bye week. Always try to do that. Not going away anywhere. Not going away anywhere. In fact, can I, I got to say it. I got to say it. Wednesday, I'm having something done. And uh, it's not something that it's okay. It's okay. But uh, I might, um, I don't know. I just got to make sure I'm kind of, I gotta get driven, but I'll be around. I'll be alone for a little bit. Uh, I gotta get things done. I'm having a colonoscopy. I'm just telling you. I, don't, I should I even say that on the air here? I don't even know. Am I allowed to talk about that? That is happening this week. I'm gonna have that done. I let the cat out of the bag. But I just say it because maybe some of you, maybe, I don't know, tweet me and let me know like how to go for you. <laughs> I gotta make sure like starting tomorrow, I don't really put much in my body. So. That's what's happening this week. I'm going to take some time off while I do that. I scheduled it during the bye week for this very reason. At, just letting you know. What are we going to sit up on? Help me out here. What do you want to say? Hey, help me out here with Josh. What should we sit up on? What's happening in the NFL? You're like, you know what? You better pay attention to this. You do this for me today. What are I we think the up Chiefs on? offense. Ooh, waking up? Really, well, waking up? Thing. It wasn't awake Ooh. at all in the first half. Ooh, you're spicy here. But, I mean... I pay a close attention to it, just you know, obviously because of the Bills. But then also, I have Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes on the same fantasy yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. And they've let me down for like five weeks now. So, thirty-one points against a not good Raiders defense, though. Right, that's true. But I mean, if you saw the first half scoreline, it wasn't looking good, and then all of a sudden they turned it on. But like, I mean, like I said, the past five weeks, they have kind of been non-existent, and now here they are. And yes, it's against a bad Raiders team, but. What is that going to mean for weeks to come? I mean, the Bills play the Chiefs in week 14. So what's that mean for the Bills? You know, like how, how do they game plan for that? Because if it's if you're game planning for a stale offense, that's not so stale anymore. What about stand down? I, could, I like it. Chiefs offense might be sitting up. on What are we standing down on? Maybe that the Browns are just 
going to not be good here with yeah, their situation? That probably. mean, 29-12 to 12 yesterday, they couldn't really get out of their own way much? And their defense right? has been great, too. I don't know what yeah. happened. It just kind of it's Well, they flat. played better teams. They played bad quarterbacks in a lot of those games, by the way. True. Their defense true. has been good all the way uh, otherwise. So maybe that's what we'll stand down on. All right, let's get to Hey Buddy. WGR Sports Radio 550 presents. Hey, buddy. Dudes, you know this dude? What's up, dude? Hey, buddy. Bunny, sit down. Who's my buddy this week? I'm your buddy, guy. He's your guy, friend. I'm your friend, buddy. On WGR. Blue, you're my boy. Sports Radio 550. You know what? This actually one is easy. My buddy is my co-host, Joe DiBiase, because he has the Extra Point show the rest of the week. And he's going to be basically doing the whole thing, and he works his tail off. I'll make my buddy. I would say my my son's turning ten on Sunday, so I think maybe next Monday I'll make him my buddy. But uh, I was going to think about this week, but Joe gets it this week because Joe is working the rest of the week, filling in for me. You will not hear from me other than maybe today on the uh, show up in the Bulldog. But have a great rest of your week while um you know I go get that colonoscopy. All right, one bills live up next.